the skill that you want in life is the skill of mastery. And mastery is simply the willingness to put your attention in one area consistently over time. It's like pick up the instrument every day for a year, you're going to get better at it. And the same goes for online business. It's really about a consistent amount of energy directed towards your goal over time. If you do that, it will work. We stand today. The Business Method with a shout The Business Method. The Business Method Podcast. The Business Method Podcast featuring Chris Reynolds. Entrepreneurs, systems, methods, tools, and tactics for location independence. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm your host, Chris Reynolds, and welcome to the Business Method Podcast, a podcast featuring successful entrepreneurs and high-profile people dissecting their business models. We dissect the different methods, tools, and tactics of high-performance online entrepreneurs and high-caliber people in a series format. On our first series, we interviewed 100 entrepreneurs in 100 days that have built businesses creating $100,000 or more annually. On our second series, we interviewed 100 entrepreneurs that have built location-independent businesses that produce over a million dollars in annual revenue and now we're interviewing 100 major influencers to get behind the minds and the science of using influence to grow business and influence income results economies and cultures there's a growing number of people building these caliber of businesses like this and we're going to figure out what it takes to make this happen now let's jump in today's show the business method Ezra Firestone is one of the biggest names in the internet marketing world today. He is the founder and face behind smartmarketer.com, a resource and educational company that helps e-com entrepreneurs scale to the next level. Ezra has over 10 years of experience in the e-commerce world, and in the last few years, he's done over $65 million in sales. He is the founder of Boom, an eight-figure e-com business, and also the owner of a few other seven-figure companies. Ezra says the reason why most entrepreneurs don't make it is because of their expectations and lack of patience. We talk with him today about his mentality regarding both expectations and patience. We get to talk to him today about how he designs and structures his businesses, why he focuses solely on ads for those businesses, how important routines are for him, and when he breaks them, how he stays productive and focused, and of course, some tips on managing influence. You guys, another awesome, awesome entrepreneur, another awesome interview. Without further ado, let's welcome the man, the myth, the legend, Ezra Firestone. Entrepreneurs, systems, methods, tools, and tactics. Listeners, welcome to the podcast. We're very excited to bring you Ezra Firestone on the show today. Ezra has over 10 years experience in the e-commerce world, the founder of multiple eight-figure businesses, uh, proving that he is an expert in the industry and is now consistently doing over $20 million in revenue per year. I'm guessing that's all correct. Is that still correct, Ezra? Yeah, except for the founder of multiple eight-figure businesses. That part is not correct. I have one eight-figure business and I have created and sold several other seven-figure businesses. I currently operate one eight-figure brand, does about 20 million a year, and then two other brands that do between three and five million a year. So awesome. I'm doing all right. I'm really enjoying it. I'm having fun. I started from the bottom. You know what I mean? I've traveled the road of, of the entrepreneur where I started with a job. And I, you know, started moonlighting my business and have really kind of played every level of, of the game to where I am now, which is I have 110 employees. I have three active brands. 
And really, I'm just some guy, you know, if I can do this, you, you can, whoever is listening, like I am nothing special when it comes to, uh, like I was an F student in school. I barely got out of high school. Like I'm not traditionally book smart in that way. And, uh, you know, I've spent, I kind of grew up in the e-commerce, online marketing, digital marketing, search engine optimization, paid ads, landing page psychology world. And so it's kind of like one of those things where the skill that you want in life is the skill of mastery. And mastery is simply the willingness to put your attention in one area consistently over time. It's like pick up the instrument every day for a year, you're going to get better at it. And the same goes for um, online business. It's really about a consistent um, a amount of energy directed towards your goal over time, facing resistance, facing failure, facing rejection, facing intensity and struggle and showing up with a positive attitude and taking the next step in the direction of your goal. And if you do that, it's like a diet or a workout program. It will work to some extent. It just takes however long it takes. And most people quit before the magic happens. Most people give up. Like they like, you gotta think of business as you're planting a seed and you're watering it. And most people like, you know, when you water, when you water a seed through, through, you know, you plant it in the fall and you water it through the winter and then it's right about, it's under the soil. It's right about to pop through in the spring and then people quit. It's like, you don't see the growth, but it's there. It just hasn't broken through the soil yet. So people often quit far too early uh, in their entrepreneurial endeavors and they only give themselves six to 12 months before they tuck tail and run, run and say, I'm not, you know, this isn't working. And you really got to give it longer than that is my message to young up and comers. Yeah. I, I was listening actually to a recent video or podcast that you did and you were recommending, um, I think six months to, well, you said 18 months before you even start really marketing, right? You said six months. Yeah. I mean, you look at the business that I'm in, which is, uh, I've done a lot of businesses. I currently have a software as a service business and I currently have a digitally delivered education business, but my core focus is e-commerce. And so when you look at a physical product e-commerce business, ideally you have intellectual property on the product side, i.e. you're not drop shipping and you're not just white labeling someone else's product. You actually have your own formulation or you've manufactured something and brought it over from China, let's say, if that's where you're manufacturing your electronics, you have some level of IP on the product. And even if you don't, even if you're just white labeling someone else's, you know, skincare that they make, it's going to take you six months to figure out what your product is even going to be, get the label done, get samples. It's going to take you a while to develop the product. And then it's going to take you six months to build your technology stack, your website, your advertising, your Google analytics, your landing page, your video ads, like, that have the technology stack talk to each other so that it's ready for visibility, i.e. paid traffic. And then you're gonna need six months of running traffic at it. So you're 18 months into the game before you have any data that you can analyze. So yeah, it's 18 months before you can even look at it. And then you wanna take that six months of marketing that you did, look at it, see what worked, what didn't, and do another six months. So you're probably actually at the 24 month mark before you can really judge the success or failure of a, of a new launch. Do you have an example? Like, have you, you've used, I'm sure you've used this in, in your businesses. Do you have an example you can share with us? I mean, here's an example with my most recent company, Zipify apps. I developed that product for a year before I brought it to market. It took me a year to build the product. And then I brought it to market and it took me like six months to get my first 200 customers. And then once I have customer base and I can get testimonials and user generated content, took me another six months to get up to my first 500 customers. So I was two years in and like 50 grand 
far more than that, but I'm just trying to ratchet these numbers down because most people are not going to spend 50 grand developing a product. I spent several hundred thousand building Zipify because I had surplus capital and I was filling a hole in the market and I was betting that my product would win. But I think that you probably, if you're starting out, need five to 10 grand if you're going to white label. If you're going to start out in e-commerce and you don't want to start drop shipping, you're going to need five to 10 grand to give it a, give it a go. I don't know if that answers your question. Well, um, and then going for that 18th month mark, like spending six months to analyze that data. And then you're like, okay, let's double down on what's working and then push like from 18 months to 24 months. You know, the funny thing is there's really not a right or wrong way. And there's not one path to travel. It's like sometimes people are doing well right out of the gate. I give that as a good barometer of if you haven't given yourself two years. You have not tried really, really. And you look at businesses, there's an interesting thing called the halo effect, uh, double quotes, which is most businesses reach their peak years three, four, and five, because years one and two, they're figuring out who they are, they're getting their marketing going, but they're also developing what are known as brand assets, email list, pixeled audiences, product IP, like more than one product. They're building things up that then pay off. The halo pays off in year three, four, and five. So your real success of a new venture. I mean, look at Tesla as an example. They're just hitting stride now a decade in, right? I mean, that's an example in, in pop culture just to use it, but it's like a real business. What you really got to do is roll up your sleeves and plan to work for five years. And then you can really figure out whether or not you've got something. And even if you don't have a seven or eight figure business, it's unlikely that you're going to hustle and work five years and not build a six figure business. And I can tell you being an eight figure business owner and knowing several high eight and nine figure business owners, everybody wishes they could go back to when they had low overhead, just a couple employees, they were doing six, 700 grand a year at 300 K in profit, you know, like when it was low stress, high profit, that's what everybody wants is the lifestyle business. Everybody who gets to my level remembers the good old days when there was, you didn't have a million dollars a year in, in staff salary and, you know, legal drama and, you know, crazy amounts of inventory and all the risk and intensity. It's like, and you're way less profitable when you're bigger. It's, it's nice to have a small profitable business. And if that's where you are, you should appreciate that. And you have, in my opinion, you have won the game. If number one, you're having fun because, Hey, you could die. Like my business partner suddenly passed away last year. I, this is very present for me at the moment that like, you don't know how long you have. So if you're not enjoying yourself, if you're burning yourself out and working 12 hours a day and you don't have hobbies and you don't have a social life, and you don't have time for your family and your loved ones and your inter intimate relationships, what are you doing? Like that is not worth it on any level. So number one, figure out how to enjoy yourself, which is for me, showing up with a positive attitude, bringing fun. And even when work is hard, like approaching it with, with good intentions and approaching it, trying to have fun, making sure that my cup is full where I am you know, taking care of my body, I'm taking care of my social life, I'm spending time with my family, I'm not just working all the time. So, so number one, have fun. Number two, make good stuff. It's not about making money. You want to make good things, right? If you've got the same black light flashlight that every other bum in the world is importing from China, what are you doing? You don't have a good product. Like, why are you even in business if you don't have a truly remarkable product? Because ultimately, that will dictate your success. If you have a shitty product, you're not going to last long. So have a good time, number one. Number two, make really good stuff that helps and serves the world. And number three, be profitable. And that is the last thing in my order. If you figure that out, if you are having a good time, 
you're making good things and you're making a profit at any level, you've won the game. It's not about how big you get. There's this weird fascination with scale in our industry that is misguided and stupid. It doesn't, who cares how big you get? Yeah, it's nice to grow, but it's not nice to grow at the expense of your personal life, at the expense of your stress, at the expense of your profit. Any, any suggestions on getting away from the mentality of, of people thinking, to, I need to get bigger, I need to get bigger, I need to get bigger? Yeah, stop it. <laughs> Ever seen that ad, that ad or the video from the guy, Bob something or other? Google, stop it. Yeah. It's, a, it's a funny skit that they, uh, this guy used to do, this comedian. But yeah, stop. Because everywhere you go, you're being sold this idea that you need to scale. You need to get bigger. You need more. And it's just not true. And frankly, mo money, mo problems. The bigger you get, the more intense it gets. And, you know, what you need to do is be profitable. Have your books done at the 10th of every month. You need to be looking at what you spent this month versus what you spent last month versus what you spent this month last year. Is marketing going up all crazy? Is that how staff salary? You need to be like paying attention to the numbers. What happens is most businesses go under not for lack of a good product or lack of good marketing. They go under because they mismanage their finances. They don't understand they got to pay quarterly taxes. They don't understand what inventory carry means. They don't understand that they need a couple months of liquidity just in case sales stop coming in. Like they mismanage their finances and that ultimately sinks them. So you got to be focusing on profitability. It really doesn't matter how big you get. I mean, yes, the game on one level is continue to grow, but, but keeping in mind that growth at the expense of these other parts of your life or business, it's not worth it. Right. Can we talk about, um, you know, you have an eight figure business. That's a boom, correct? That's correct. Okay. And can you talk about like uh, breaking down the revenue for us? Like how, what's bringing in what, you know, um, a little bit more in detail. So we understand how you're running your business model in terms of like what brings in my, my money. Yeah. Like, like what, like what source of visibility? Yeah. That's like, uh, how you balance the, you know, say marketing budgets, how you, you divide things up, how you, you balance the whole biz business together. So I think that the way to grow a business today is with paid ads and 30. So, so basically whatever your business did in revenue in the last year, you need to spend 15 to 30% of that on paid ads. So if you did a million dollars in revenue, in 2019, in 2020, you need to spend 150,000 to 300,000 on paid ads. That creates an email list, that creates customers, that like you need to spend on paid ads. And ultimately, if you look at my business, it's all paid, right? I, I spend about 30% of my top line revenue number on paid amplification. Yes, do I, am I 10 years into this business that is eight figures? Yeah, I started in 2010, so I'm about 10 years in. Does that mean that half of my business comes from repeat customers and my email list? Yeah, I launch new products every year. I keep my email list engaged by sending out content and, and engaging with them and you know adding value beyond trying to sell them stuff. But ultimately, the only reason I'm successful is from paid ads. That's how I got all my customers, that's how I got all my visibility. I don't worry about search engine optimization. I don't worry about marketplaces like Amazon. I don't worry about television, radio, retail. I just buy ads on Facebook, Instagram, Google, YouTube, Display Network, Search. And that's how I grow all my businesses is with paid. 
Nice. Very cool. Um, I, I want to ask you about the educational side of your business. Like we interviewed a guy recently, uh, John Crestani, who talked about like the future of education and, and redefining how uh, people learn through the Internet these days. And so I'm curious, like you have Smart Marketer. It's an awesome business. You're, you, you don't have to teach other people how to, to grow business. You don't have to have the educational side of the business. So I'm curious, like what drives you to do that? Uh, it's fun. I like it. So, you know, my, my life is built around at this point, what is going to be enjoyable work for me. I could do all kinds of work. I could be a consultant. I could be, uh, you know, I could run e-com brands like I do. I could build software. That's really, really difficult. Wouldn't recommend that one. That's hard. Um, but yeah, I like it. It's fun, you know, and, uh, and the course, like if you look at smart marketer, like the money isn't really made on the courses that I sell. I have a very high end mastermind. It's $20,000 a year. It's for e-commerce business owners that are seven figures and above. And most of the money that Smart Marketer makes, which is my education brand, is made from that mastermind. I do, I do create courses. I, I make free courses for Shopify. Like if you look at Shopify, I have two courses on their Shopify Academy. Both are free. They're incredibly, they're incredible courses. They're what other people charge $1,000 for. Um, so I like teaching and I'm good at it. And yeah, I have some in-depth educational courses, but you know, the difference between what I do and what other people do in this space and there's not, it's not like there's nobody doing what I do, but most people who make real money selling information, sell opportunity. Here's how you start a business. Here's how you become a agency. Here's how you go from not knowing what you're doing to, um, you know, drop shipping and making money that way. Like they sell opportunity to people who don't know what they're doing. What I do is I sell education to business owners. In order to get value out of the courses that I have for sale on Smart Marketer, you gotta have a six-figure e-commerce business. For the most part, most of the content I do on Smart Marketer is free on my blog. And I do that because I enjoy coalescing a community of digital business owners. I enjoy talking about my life as an entrepreneur. I enjoy documenting what for me and shit. And then I have paid courses that are for successful e-commerce business owners. That's 10% of the revenue of the brand. And then I have my mastermind, which is most of the revenue for Smart Marketer. And then I've got some joint venture courses and mentorships and coaching programs that are like a subscription program for media buyers. So it's like continuing education for people who buy traffic. I've got a how to become a, a media buyer, which is kind of opportunity in a way where it's like, hey, if you don't know how to buy media, we will teach you how to do this for an e-commerce brand. But it's not, hey, come here and let me help you start a business. It's, hey, come here and let me teach you a skill set that you can then use to sell services or for your own brand, or you can hire, you can put one of your team members through it. And that is actually co-taught by Molly Pittman. So it's like a, it's a joint venture with her. So on the education side, I sell education, not opportunity. That's one differentiator. And two, the reason I do it is because it's enjoyable and it's fun and I'm good at it and I like it. And uh, people seem to respond well to the content I put out. So it's less that it's not a good business model, frankly. If you're going to build a business, don't build a business based on your persona. The smart marketer can never be sold. It's an influencer-based education brand. And so if we're looking at what is the smartest um, way to invest my energy in the direction of business that's going to result in the most wealth created, it is certainly not an influencer brand based on my persona because that is only as good as the next month's work. I have to keep working it in order for money to keep coming in. It's not an asset that I am building that I can sell one day, like my e-commerce business or my SaaS business, but I like it. And as I told you, my system is 
have a good time, make good stuff and be profitable. Well, smart marketer fits into my system of it's really fun. So I do it. I don't have to. And frankly, it doesn't make me as much money as my other brands, but it's a good time. So. So Ezra, how do you, how do you balance your time with all the businesses that you're running, um, managing your team, your personal life, and still staying on top of the game and, and being productive on a regular basis? I mean, I have 110 employees, you know, I've, I've played every level of the game on my way up. So I've played every role from support to developer, to designer, to advertiser, to project manager, to, you know, social media marketer, to email marketer, to all of it, you know, copywriter. And now what I do is I invest in people and their skill set. I take someone who's working at Cracker Barrel and I say, hey, you know, you grew up with technology. How would you like to be the best social media manager in the world in three years? Here's how we're going to get you there. We're going to send you to these events. We're going to put you through these courses. We're going to have you read six hours a week from these blogs that are going to populate into this Slack channel. And you're going to write down in a notebook what you learn. And we're going to meet once a week and talk about how we can implement that. Like I invest in people, I give them a path towards a goal. And I give them the resource to get there. And now all my team members, my social media person is far better than I ever was at social media. My advertiser is far better than I ever was at advertising because they're focused on it. And what I'm doing is putting all the pieces in place. I'm holding the vision. I'm navigating instead of driving. All the entrepreneurs get caught driving. Well, you can't see the mountains that are coming up when you're driving. So I have had to learn the art of delegation. Uh, and through that, I've built a really strong infrastructure that uh, allows me to run all these companies. And it's not just me. I get all the credit for it because I'm the talking head, but it's actually everybody on the team. And my genius is really in culture, uh, holding people accountable for achieving their goals, i.e. giving them access to the resources they need to be successful, making sure they're happy, making sure it's a fun work environment, um, giving them a path to grow, uh, pay, being generous in how I pay, letting people work from home. Like I'm good at communication. I think that conversion is communication. Marketing is messaging. What you have to get good at is communicating with people. And that I have spent my whole life studying that, how to effectively communicate with other human beings and get my point across and hear them and figure out what they want and support them in, in getting that. And so I don't know if that answered your question, but but basically the way that I do all this is I have a lot of people who help me. Right. How are you managing your personal days though? Like when you get up in the morning, like do you have a, a routine that you do? Yeah. You know, everybody wants to know what's the routine. And I think that routines number one will set you free because once you have a container, like, like if you just have a bunch of water, it goes everywhere, but if you have a pipe, it flows through it. So the routine creates a structure for you to actually move. I also think that routine was meant to be broken. Routine is a tool. It is not the goal. The goal is the goal and routine can help you get there. And so I fall in and out of routines quite often uh, and I don't judge myself negatively when I do. I decide, well, okay, clearly this routine is no longer serving me or I'm no longer interested in it or I fell out of it for this reason. I'm going to get back into it. But I think you should be evaluating your routines. You should not just be rigidly sticking to a routine because you think that's what you should be doing. Currently, my work life routine mostly looks like I wake up at 7 a.m., I have a double espresso, I got an espresso machine, it's all fancy, I'm really into it, I grind it, I smell it, I'm into the whole ritual of making my espresso. I check my, you know, I fool around on the internet a little bit, see what's going on, um, enjoy about 45 minutes of just drinking my espresso and playing around the internet. I work out 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. about four days a week. Uh, I'll do a, a workout with a personal trainer on Skype, or I'll do a workout myself, move my body, come into my body. 9 to 10.30, I'll make breakfast and hang out with my wife. And then 10.30 to 11, I'll start my work day. I'll have a shower, obviously, because I worked out. So usually starting around 11, actually doing stuff, work through to 
you know, about now, 2, 2.30, go have lunch um, with my wife, hang out with her a little bit, and then I'll put in another session from, let's say, 3.30 to 5.30 or 6, and then I'll be done. So I'm only working between four and seven hours a day, and I'm usually only doing that four days a week. Fridays, I kind of mostly take off and I go silent. I don't, cons I don't uh, talk to anyone. I silent Fridays, no meetings, no Slack. I either consume content or I create stuff. I think about what's going on. I have at least one day a week, used to be top level Tuesday, where everybody's focused on what's right in front of them, five feet out. I like to look three months, six months out, what's going on, are we still on track? You know, are, are the goals that I've set for the company and each department still accurate? How are they coming? So I do like once a week kind of a, a forward look of, of three to six months. Um, and you know, then I'll take times where I'll be working a lot more than that because we're in the middle of a launch, but that's kind of the general uh, schedule. And then weekends are off too? Weekends, I don't work yet. I play, you know, maybe I'll watch some videos or whatever, but I'm mostly not working. Uh, and listen, you know, I spent the first couple of years of my career working a full-time job and then working six hours, seven hours at night on top of that. So I understand that you got to grind and you got to hustle and you got to make it happen at certain times. But if eight to 10 hour days, five days a week is the backdrop of your existence, you're going to burn out. And one thing that I've learned, you know, having been in this industry forever is it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And if you burn yourself out, you've, you've lost. So, you know, uh, I, uh, I really try to go at a pace that I can sustain. Uh, you, you touched briefly on influencer marketing and influence um, motivated businesses or influence led businesses. Right now we're interviewing a hundred major influencers and talking about like the responsibility. I'm not anti-influencer. <laughs> I know model. you, I know, I know. Yeah. But we're talking about like the responsibility of managing that influence. And um, I'd like to know kind of your feedback on how do you manage your influence as a high profile person uh, to make sure you're, you're being responsible with it and creating an image and an influence led business around that? Uh, how do I manage my influence? I'm not sure I understand the question. And there's a lot of sloppy influencers out there, right? Uh, Fire Festival is a perfect example of that. Um, and so you have uh, a certain amount of I wouldn't say responsibility, but you have a certain amount of power because you have this influence. So how do you make sure that um, it's being it's being handled or used in a constructive and a responsible way? I mean, I put out content that I think is going to be entered. I think the game is, what do they call it? Edutainment, basically education and entertainment. I think if you're not entertaining, you're not going to keep an audience. You got to have some level of entertainment value. And then you got to have value that is, helping people with whatever set of problems you talk about. And so all of my content is in the direction of, I mean, I actually have here, I'm going to see if I can pull it up. I have the kind of, I think that every person who creates content should have a uh, set of sort of, um, you know, goals for the content catalog that they are creating. Because I think that a, that a content catalog or an influencer should have a thematic set of content that is relate, interrelated over time. So it's like you're touching back on similar topics over time. And I have a list, I'm trying to open it here inside of Keynote, that, that is sort of sets my intentions for the Ezra Firestone brand. Like, this is what I'm trying to do. And then every piece of content that I create is in the direction of that. And hey, some people don't like 
the stuff I have to say about relationships and communication and not having work be your priority. Like I have shit that people don't like, but some people do like it. And I don't think you're ever going to please everybody. Uh, yeah, here we go. Let me, uh, let me see if I can uh, read to you um, my uh, sort of intentions for my content catalog. That would be interesting. I don't know that I do anything deliberate to ensure that I'm not uh, upsetting people. Um, but I, I try to walk with integrity. I try to uh, do good. My, my tagline is serve the world unselfishly and profit. I believe that if you're in a role of service, you will profit monetarily and otherwise. So I'm looking to serve. So you want to hear my, uh, what I'm trying to do? Yes. Uh, yeah, with yeah. Smart marketer? yeah. Okay. Inspire e-commerce business owners, give people a window into my life, share what's working for me and my business and my life, give out practical, practical and easily implementable, usable strategies and tips. Showcase other awesome influencers, educators, and e-commerce business owners be a platform. Offer alternative viewpoints on common problems like the hustle, grind, sacrifice mentality in our, in our industry. Uh, relate business back to life experiences. Take a stand against mainstream, uh, traditionally pushed by entrepreneurial influencer viewpoints that I don't agree with. Inspire people to focus on their relationships and health and show them how to use business as a tool in that endeavor. Talk about money, entertain, build affinity with Ezra Firestone, me as an influencer, and serve the world unselfishly and profit. Those are my intentions for Smart Marketer. My intentions for, and then I have content that kind of uh, does that. So I've got the Ezra on Life series. I've got interviews with experts. I've got Let Me Show You Around, where I take you behind the scenes of stuff I'm doing. I've got buying stuff and talking about it, where I buy things and talk about the experience of buying it. I've got screen shares of my businesses. I've got you know in, uh, other people with their viewpoints on industry-related subject matter. My intentions with Boom are different, right? My intentions with Boom are to offer a pro-age viewpoint rather than an anti-aging viewpoint. Share the idea that aging doesn't have to be a bad thing. Have a discussion on beauty and what it is and what it means. Reclaim cosmetics as a venue for fun rather than fear. Talk about celebrating yourself versus covering yourself up. Touch on the shared experiences of the community of people that I'm talking to, silver hair, menopause, hormonal changes, under eye circles, sex after 50, share tips on skincare and self-care, entertain, be a platform for women to share their stories and build affinity with Cindy Joseph, who was the influencer behind the brand until she passed away. So I think that, uh, you know, I do content that is in the direction of the intention that is behind the content catalog, which I believe every content creator should have. It's incredible, man. Uh, Ezra, I know we have to wrap up. Um, any final words of wisdom you'd like to share with our listeners? Who is listening? And then I will tell you. What, what, what do we think they're mostly, where are they in business? What are they doing? Entrepreneurs in a hustle. Entrepreneurs in the hustle? Correct, yeah. Yeah. Um, slow down. Don't worry about what other people are doing. Focus on enjoying yourself. Focus on profitability. Spend more on advertising than you think you should. Focus on repeat business. Focus on building the valuation of your asset because wealth creation doesn't come from cash flow businesses. Cash flow businesses are nice, but they're not going to create the kind of wealth that you think you want. What's going to create the wealth that you think you want is asset liquidation. Our parents' generation understood this. They worked jobs and then they took the money they made and they invested in real estate and then they let that asset appreciate and then they sold it and then they used that money to buy more real estate and invest more. That's how wealth was created for the last generation. If you're a business owner, you need to be thinking about the fact that 40 to 80% of all the money you will ever make from your business is going to come the day you sell it. 
And that capital that you have when you sell an asset gives you access to a type of playing the game that you just can't have access to when you're just running off cash flow, which is the ability to deploy large sums of money into the market to either build brands, buy brands, build assets, buy assets. And ultimately that is the true hustle. If you're, if you're playing this game, it's likely that you're, you want to generate wealth. And if you're only looking at cash flow as a means to do so, you're missing the whole point of the wealth creation game, which is asset liquidation. Private equity has the highest return of any class of business in our economy. What do they do? They buy assets and they sell assets. That's what you need to be thinking about. Well said, good sir. Ezra, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for sharing your tips and tricks and wisdom with you. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah, my pleasure. I appreciate it. And uh, thank you for having me on. I love talking to entrepreneurs. Ezra, the listeners want to reach out and learn more about what's going on with you. Where's the best place they can do that at? Uh, you can follow me at uh, Instagram at Ezra Firestone on Instagram. I'm just going over there to make sure that's it. Yes, that's it. And you can also go to um, smartmarketer.com, smartmarketer.com. That's my blog. Awesome. We'll put those in the show notes. Thank you so much, Ezra, again. And listeners, thank you guys for tuning in. And we'll see you all in the next episode. Goodbye, everybody. Hey, listeners, thanks for joining us once again. We wanted to remind you about our high-performance productivity coaching and our five, six, seven, and eight-figure private masterminds. These are all designed for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs to help you scale rapidly and grow. Check out all the details at thebusinessmethod.com. That's thebusinessmethod.com. And we'll see you all on the next episode.